Hello and welcome to Dream Possible, where you hear compelling stories of people who have pursued their dreams against all odds and reason and made them possible. What can we learn from their journeys? Well, that's why we're here to find out. Hello, I'm Maria Retan, and I had a dream once to become a news executive in a major market. Check that box. Then I had a dream to establish my own communications consultancy. That's when Top Sales Strategies was born. Then I had a dream of creating a way to help journalists make a career change, and that became Jump Team Coaching. Dreams change as you change. So what's your dream? Think about that as I speak with today's guest, Julie Barkey, one third of a three women podcast called, of course, Three Women and a Bottle of Wine. What else would you be drinking? I want to say Julie, Kim Inslee and Lynn Melling interview fascinating people from all walks of life who share their wisdom with listeners. And Julie, I'll be honest, is a personal friend and a business partner who I'm thrilled said yes to my invitation to chat with me today. Day. Yay, Julie. Welcome to Dream Possible. Oh, thank you, Maria. And I'm more thrilled that you even invited me. So I really appreciate it. <laughs> and just off the front end, Kim and Lynn would have loved to have been a part of this. We are having a hard time coordinating to get our own podcast re, you know, rebooted. We're, we're in that process, but we're never in the same place at the same time. So it would have been probably 2024 if we would have waited until we could all do this oh. together. Of course. No, I'm just thrilled to get one third of you and you're the third that I really wanted. So it's it's a win win. And, um, you know, your podcast is gosh, you know, I well, I don't want to divert because we're going to get into details of the podcast. But nevertheless, I just want to make sure people know that they need to go back out. They need to listen to past episodes of your podcast and then you're going to have some new ones coming up. But we'll, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, you know, it's I love having podcasters on this podcast because, you know, you're the best interviews possible. Uh, but the other thing that we have in common besides being having a podcast is we're both former TV news people. Also, my other type of really favorite people are TV news people. So um, we go back in the Wayback Machine on this podcast and we start at the very beginning. So I'm going to start at the beginning with you. Was it always a childhood dream of yours to be on television? What a great question. And no, it wasn't. And it's really funny because I really had no idea what I wanted to do with my life ever. And so I, even after high school, I waited tables, didn't want to go to college right away, didn't want to have to pay that kind of debt or incur that kind of debt when I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Then I decided to go and just try some classes. And ironically, I was actually doing my internship for a social work major when I knew I did not want to do that for a living <laughs> after changing majors five times and still <laughs> bouncing around. And ironically, the Kansas City Chiefs had their training camp, their summer training camp at my college, University of Wisconsin River Falls. And one of my friends got an internship with them covering them for a print newspaper. And I was like, I could do that. And I loved football. In my household, we grew up loving God, Jesus, and Bud Grant with the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> in that order. So I grew up all about the NFL. That was our family time. We, we, I just love it. It brings back really warm, fuzzy memories. Long story short, I thought, well, I could maybe do this. So I went and spoke to our journalism professor at River Falls and said, I know I'm a senior, but what do you think? He's like, well, you'd have to stay in at least one more year. Will you give it a shot? I did, but I took a couple of writing tests, did a couple of other 
things to to indicate that yes it was a possible career path and oh my goodness maria i think if you can work 50 to 60 hours a week for zero money <laughs> and love every single second of it ultimately i had uh, an internship for a radio station covering the chiefs during their training camp for two years and that's when I knew that that's, that's what I was meant to do. I didn't care if I made any money. I just loved it. I didn't even care about being on TV. I liked the front row seat to the action and bringing that alive to an audience. I can relate to that. I always say you have a front row seat to history in the making right. and it's right. thrilling. It's really thrilling. And good thing you didn't care if you got paid for it because you basically got paid nothing because I know I know what it's I know what those salaries are like in TV news, especially in those smaller markets. And you were in some small markets, but you spent a significant portion of your career in a beautiful, beautiful state, the state of Montana. I did. I did. So I did two years and almost two years in Alexandria, Minnesota, but I really wanted to do sports. They didn't have a sports person in that market. So I jumped over to Montana and I absolutely loved it. I loved most starting market, most first jobs in almost any career. You make some lifetime friends, you know, you just mesh, hopefully anyway, you mesh with some other people. And in particularly in broadcast television, I'm sure you remember Maria, all of a sudden you're a bunch of 20 somethings fresh off the boat, thrust into an entirely different environment. No parents to help you out. Nobody there to help you with your laundry or send over dinner on a Saturday. So made amazing friends. The actual quality of news content in Great Falls, Montana was spectacular. It was it was much, um, much, I don't know the right words to say, but it was far elevated above what the market size would have indicated. Mm -hmm. So it was really a good experience. And it just so happens that when I was in Great Falls, I fell in love and I got married and he didn't really want to leave Great Falls. So I readjusted my dream. I left sports because as you know, sports happens on nights, weekends and holidays. I didn't want to work nights, weekends and holidays all the time. And so I got out of sports, transitioned to news. And ultimately, if you stay in a small market long enough, they're going to make you a news director. So I was for two different stations, ultimately had a child, got a divorce, stayed there anyway, because I just really, really enjoyed it until I didn't. And then it was just time to come home and start a new dream. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and TV dreams are amazing, but for many reasons, many of which you've just articulated they don't always work forever and you you realize that you've achieved a lot with that dream but it's time to pivot so talk about you know kind of walking away from that original dream and you know it wasn't working for you anymore you had you know more responsibility you know children do that to you you had different priorities um was it hard for you to walk away from that it was not because by the time I did it I was ready I had known for a couple of years that I was moving in that direction you know I was the news director and main anchor and a producer I had to work on short-term budgets long-term budgets daily assignment editing it got to me a lot and not for much money there just wasn't any kind of give and so I knew I wanted to come home. 
I didn't have a job lined up. I wasn't even sure I wanted to do broadcasting, but I figured something would pan out. Mm -hmm. And so I did. I moved home and I just kind of took a few deep breaths and ultimately landed with the um, covering the legislature. And I did that for almost seven years, also on television. I had a public affairs program. It was much more family friendly hour wise than daily news, but ultimately not as family friendly as, you know, getting back into just regular the real world, so to speak. But it was a wonderful transitional career and I loved it. And let's face it, politics and sports are so, so similar. You know, Aren't they all, though? Yes. <laughs> it's about strategy and the end game and the hitting is different. The tackling is different, yeah. but it was, it was very um, fun, to, fun to cover. And full of characters, right? Rich, oh rich characters to cover. Well, so what there is though I've found is oftentimes this common thread uh, among dreams and clearly you have mad communication skills and um, you I'm sure are just an expert at taking the complex and making them understandable which all good journalists do and it, it seems like that became super important in the last oh, 19 months let's say um, you know, it's been become incredibly important to be able to explain this pandemic to people. And you've you've got this role at the Minnesota Department of Health that's kind of a two-pronged role. Um, so I want you to explain that about how you've, you know, you've parlayed these great skills into now really disseminating critical information to the state of Minnesota. Absolutely. And I, thank you for letting me talk a little bit about that because However people feel and however politicized the COVID-19 pandemic has become, I, I'm really hoping that the big takeaway here is that people need to understand folks are working really, really, really hard on this in, in some capacity, whether it's the media relations role, which is what I am doing, and communications, to just working with the CDC and stakeholders to try to convey the latest information and tell people what we know and tell people what we don't know. So my role is one of the media team members to field media requests, find the right subject matter expert to help interview or provide a statement or clarify the process for these steps. For to, to and, and then we allow the journalists to tell the stories right now, which I think is really important because you and I both know, Maria, that good journalism is hard to top. They can tell a great story. They can be very unbiased, despite what, you know, what other people might say right now as well. It's, I think the Twin Cities area in particular has some spot on fantastic reporters. So my job is to just get them the information they need from the appropriate person who's with MDH. And if that person that they need to talk to isn't with us, we try to point them in the right direction and do it without being political and do it without being, you know, sometimes we feel some angry folks and, you know, it, it gets pretty challenging. And then the other half time of my job is overdose. It's uh, alcohol, drug and suicide prevention mm, communications. And yeah, so let's just say it's a really happy job. <laughs> Great subject heavy, matter all around. Heavy. Yeah, I know. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, and that is very similar. So Circling back shortly to your your original question, I think what I get to bring to the table, and I'm hoping Minnesotans are are 
getting something from it is the ability to make things a little more plain language and understandable. So when we create documents, it's not written in a public health lens per se, it's that messaging, but hopefully written in a way that anybody can read it and understand it and then know where to go for more information and get that deeper dive if they need it. So that's my role right now. It's so important, Julie, what you're doing. And, you know, I think when people see the story on the news, right, they don't really understand the what happens in the background. You know, all the many people that help to um, arm that journalist with all this great information, right? And you're one of those people, a former journalist, or I would say a recovering journalist, who can understand ultimately what the reader or viewer needs and therefore are able to get that information out to the journalist so the journalist can turn around and tell a compelling story. There's just so many layers to that single story. So your work is so incredibly important. Do you find it fulfilling, maybe maybe in a different way than when you were physically a working journalist? I do. I do, actually. Um, in fact, I for a while, I really thrived on it been 18 19 20 months now so I'm gonna say the pace is getting a little draining and there's always something new springing up hence pandemic but I do find it very fulfilling I don't know if I could do something I like to joke a lot that I'm about ready to retire and go work at Total Wine and just live in Nirvana. <laughs> well, that would but, work with your podcast, right? <laughs> they should be a sponsor. <laughs> yes, they should, and a contributor. <laughs> but I don't think I'm quite ready for that yet. I think I still have I still have some of this left. In. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress. Powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Miami is more than beaches, palm trees, and fun in the sun. It's home every year to the Miami Book Fair, celebrating its 39th year of hosting authors and readers from around the world, November 13th through the 20th. Join us in downtown Miami at the Wolfson campus of Miami Day College. Connect with over 500 authors reading from their books in English, Spanish, French, and Creole, answering questions and signing hard copies. The 2022 edition of the Miami Book Fair welcomes everyone of all ages to come together, meet, and make new friends, exchange ideas, and discover one's next favorite author. 
Let's Explore, Discover, and Learn Together. Featured authors will include award-winning novelists, Anthony Horowitz, Ben Mesrich, Craig Johnson, Danny Shapiro, Elena Shapiro, Jimmy Attenberg, poet Sandra Cisneros, and authors writing about the trending topics of the day, Lisa Genova, Jerry Stahl, Marie Brenner, Mark Kurlansky, Samantha Cole, Stacey Schiff, Katie Tour, and many others. For more information, please visit MiamiBookFair.com. Follow the fair at Miami Book Fair and join the conversation hashtag Miami Book Fair 2022. Well, the state still needs you to do what you do too. So anyway, thank you for thank you for everything that you do to keep us smart and knowledgeable on this ever-changing topic because it feels like it's breaking news every day almost and has been for what almost 20 months. Um, so let's pivot and talk about the podcast. Um, so it's interesting how so many recovering journalists, I think, find podcasting to be such a natural outlet um, for what we used to do. You know, it's storytelling, no matter how you package it up, right? Like you were telling stories on TV. Now you're really helping other people tell their stories through your podcast. But how did Three Women and a Bottle of Wine come to be? Ironically, over wine. So, <laughs> shocker. Naturally. Right. So, when Kim left Care 11, you know, I think um, to your point, Maria, a lot of us recovering journalists, we kind of band together in some way, shape, or form when we get out of this business and kind of coach each other through the, the transition to the next career path because it's not always an easy one to go from the excitement of journalism to things that might be perceived as a bit more tedious shall we say? Although there's still good jobs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we just decided to meet for a couple of drinks and Kim said, Hey, I met this woman, Lynn, who also got out of broadcasting. Should she meet us for drinks as well? Yes. Yes, she should. And we all just started chatting. And over the course of having a couple of cocktails, we're like, we should do a podcast. And Kim Loved the idea. She wasn't sure about the timing of it. Well, Lynn's husband happens to own, and now Lynn co-owns a video production company that owns their own podcast equipment and it's high-end equipment. So yeah, Ian taught us 515 um, Productions. Just a little plug Shout there. out to 515. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so Lynn talked to her sweet, sweet husband into loaning us and teaching us how to work this equipment. And voila. And then you know, we each have found a way to really capture our roles. We each can find some really good guests. And I'm such a nerd that I have been really lucky. I, I see people on Rachel Ray who happen to be on the twi- in the Twin Cities. And I'm like, oh, they'd be a great podcast guest like Rose McGee from Sweet Potato Comfort Pies and Justin Sutherland and Yia Vang. So we started off with kind of a heavy food emphasis. And then we transitioned more to other topics and We've just been able to roll with this and morph with it and have so much fun with it. And shortly after we interview somebody, they start making national news. And we're kind of like, yeah. So anyway, that's how it kind of got started. And it's really, we're all so tired and we never really think we have time to do this. And then the minute we, we record one, we're energized and happy about it and reminded why we need this. It's our, it's our therapy. Right. Well, it's it's a way for you to use your many, many talents, all three of you, and 
have some fun and just talk to some interesting people. I don't know about you, but I have loved having a podcast for 14 years because it gives me the permission to call up people I just find interesting and talk to them for 30 minutes. I mean, it's a it's a wonderful outlet just to, you know, kind of quench our thirsty minds we have as you know recovering journalists you know we were drawn to journalism for many reasons but I'm sure part of the reason you were drawn is because we we have an inquiring mind and I think a podcast gives us the ability to kind of quelch that I completely agree with that and some of the best stuff best content we had came out of some of the podcasts that I thought were going to be the most dry and they weren't they were awesome <laughs> they were awesome can I share with you one quick little one absolutely and please, please. Yes. people to go back we spoke with this and I, I can't remember her name off the top of my head shame on me but go back it was all about for women we spoke with this wonderful OB um, nurse midwife and it was all about what's going on under down there and she was speaking about a client who you know a, a patient who came in and just couldn't quite figure out why she wasn't getting pregnant and she and her husband were there and during these discussions she looked at her patient and the husband they'd been used in the wrong hole oh <laughs> hello I know. those are the things <laughs> you cannot plan for a conversation like oh, that that's a gem that's a gift to that this, is a gift my favorite story <laughs> to this day she had a couple of other really great um great stories to share as well so i highly encourage go back everybody listen you will oh, die laughing and grab I that wine it. yes i love it well, uh, hopefully she was able to correct that mistake and that couple hopefully has conceived a lovely baby by now. <laughs> I do believe that did happen. All in, all's well, it ends well. And there's no pun intended uh, with that one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's hilarious. So three women and a bottle of wine. What do you hope listeners get from listening to the three of you and your, and your guests? We hope they walk away happy feeling a tad more informed about whatever it was and feeling as energized and invigorated as we are and that they're excited to listen to the next one. I love Short it. Short and sweet. Yes. Now, at the top of the show, you said yours you're hoping to get back the band back together very soon to release some new podcasts. So, right now listeners can go back tap into what you've done to date and then you're going to have some new ones coming out that's the plan so right now we're creating a list of potential guests and we'll vet those book them and i think we're really hoping to have some of these in the recording stage early november is kind okay. of the plan so and then we tend to you know Kim is our master editor and Lynn does the social media and we tend to get them out one a week for until mm -hmm. they're until they're done. So yeah, stay tuned everybody because if we get a third of the guests that we have planned, it's going to be a great season. Mm, very exciting. That's a good promotional tease for you. So, um, you know, the, the question that I always end on and I don't know, it might, it might stump you, may not, because um, I think it's so hard to predict the future right now, right? I feel like it's all we can all do to kind of be present, uh, considering the last 20 months. But, you know, 
as you look back on your communications career and kind of the different pivots that you've taken and what you're doing right now, you know, what do you think your next play will be? Like, what, where will your dreams take you next? Well, Maria, I'm old. <laughs> you are not <laughs> I'm old. old. You, you know, not. I, at this point, I really like working for the state of Minnesota. So however it looks between now and and age 60 when I hope to retire. My dad died at 62. So I have never been a person who plans to work late into her 60s at all. So hopefully 60, 62, I'm out of here. My plan is to buy a nice classy size RV. So about 26 feet long with a push out. I'm going to be campground host at national parks. I love it. That's my plan. And yeah, it's fantastic. And maybe doing three women and a bottle of wine from the RV camp right? One never knows. You never, ever know. I love it. I love it. Well, um, I want to remind everyone to go check out Three Women and a Bottle of Wine. Um, You can probably find the OB interview there that Julie was remarking on (laughs) and many, many other fascinating (laughs) conversations um, and and just open up a bottle of vino, uh, kick back and and take a listen. But um, Julie, thanks so much for being on. Always fun to hang out with you. You know, I adore you. And thank you very, very much. You flatter me immensely by even wanting me on this. So I appreciate it. I owe you some money or at least a glass of wine. Some money, a a glass of wine. I'm going to take you up on for sure. Perfect. Um, Thank you, Julie. Thank you, George, too, for another great show. And thank you all listeners for joining me. And until next time, continue pursuing your dreams. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.